Still in my linen drawstring sleep trousers, I was finishing an ill-advised second cup of mushroom coffee when I heard a clamor. An actual clamor, right outside our window. And not being accustomed to clamors, I did what I suppose you were supposed to do in such a situation. I rushed over and I threw open the sash. And I thought, perhaps some youngsters were engaged in a spirited foot race. But there was clapping, and the clapping was persistent. And soon the banging of pots could be heard. There was a real villagers just finding out about a dead dragon sort of vibe. And so Galinda and I put on our slouchy weekend turtlenecks and slipped our organic alpaca masks on over our faces and walked out into the brighter-than-usual Brooklyn sunshine. Neighbors were waving from their stoops. People on the sidewalks cheered as cars drove down the street, honking, and not in the usual aggressive New York way, but that plus a little happier. And as we continued, people filled in around us, dancing and hugging. I saw a woman bound up to a man and kiss him through the masks. Finally, we came upon an even larger scene. A man eating a breakfast roll had crawled up onto the trash bin near the traffic light. A woman in very little clothing was high-fiving a borough taxi driver. The green taxi, so it felt even more Brooklyn-y. Crosswalk dance parties erupted every time there was a red light, and a fellow near to us was standing so that his shoeless foot was on the horn tapping rhythmically. The upper half of his body emerged through the sunroof as he checked social media and raised his fist in the air, and every now and again he ducked back inside the car to take a toke from what seemed to be a very large marijuana cigarette. This is the future liberals wanted. Just then a man with a huge flag affixed to his bicycle rode through the crowd to more claps and cheers, and it felt good to see the stars and stripes again. I hadn't felt this feeling of collective exuberance for such a long time. It felt like joy had finally entered the chat. Well, let's talk about joy and passion and collaboration on good work when we ride our enthusiasm bikes through the portal that leads us to the Deep Night. Friends, hello, it's me, Dale Seaver, and I'm so pleased to be your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations we call the Deep Night. We come to you tonight, as we always do, from the foul banks of the Gowanus. Now, uh, four years ago, I was standing on the intersection of Clinton and President Streets in Brooklyn, and it felt as if a black hole had opened up in my chest. The next morning, following the election of 2016, I had a conversation on this show with comedian Marie Foster. Now, I don't know that I've gone back to listen to it. <laughs> well, I do know that I haven't gone back to listen to it. It's difficult for me sometimes. Uh, but I remember just being so numb uh, throughout that uh, and being so anxious about sitting down. And I was so relieved that Marie uh, brought so much laughter to the situation and indeed does uh, bring laughter wherever she goes. She's terrific. And it was the first of many conversations on this program where we have attempted to find light and lightness, even a glimmer, through what have been very dark times 
Even the Gowanus seemed to undulate a little slower that November. But for the moment, uh, perhaps we can uh, 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 move things along a little bit. There's a little bit more uh, space. There's space to take a breath, a moment to pause before recommitting ourselves to activism and advocacy. And yes, even time to dance in the streets or just in your home. A day with a calm app and a bottle of mezcal are not the only things that are going to get you through. And at this moment, where even though a global pandemic is still raging, we can let in more light than ever before and let music in and celebrate fellowship and collaboration. <sighs> My guests tonight on the program have had a productive and beautiful collaboration for many years. Now, together they've released a new album called Material Flats. Individually, they are both seasoned performers with substantial experience on stage and on screen. Bethany Thomas hails from Chicago, where she's been in all sorts of theatrical productions. I mean, these are the these are the big places. If you're going to be in a theatrical production, you want to be here. Steppenwolf Theater, Second City, The Green Mill, okay? Uh, Tawny Newsom is based in L.A. Tawny's an actor and an improviser who starred in the show's bajillion dollar properties, Space Force, and the animated Star Trek Lower Decks. She also co-hosts several popular podcasts like Yo, Is This Racist? and Star Trek, The Pod Directive co-hosting a podcast. You mean I could have had someone here with me this whole time? Things you realize after 12 years. Anyway, I was so pleased that they both could join me remotely and securely as we talk about their just amazing friendship and the work that they have done on this new album, Material Flats. Uh, let's go now to my conversation with Bethany Thomas and Tawny Newsom. Tawny and Bethany, welcome to The Deep Night. Thank you. Thank you, Dale. It's nice to be here. Absolutely. <laughs> it's great. Now, I have to ask this, of course. How are you both doing? I, I mean, individually, fine, I think. Together, when we got to be together a little bit this year, even better. So uh, fine. Yes. Yeah. So definitely fine right now, though. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> That's the metric that matters. And uh, it is an unfamiliar feeling, though, this uh, feeling almost of relief, a little bit of lightness of being we are experienced post-election. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And nothing for the rest of my life will be as funny to me as the Four Seasons total landscaping debacle. No matter what happens, uh, I oh. can read a description of that and just <laughs> chortle. Yes. Yeah, so many shirts were made instantly. People just jumped on T Republic. People with decent to great graphic design skills really hopped on there and made merch. Uh, and I just love it. I love, I love uh, uh, an underemployed freelancer saying, "You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to have three mimosas, make a shirt that roasts our stupid president, and then donate the proceeds to uh, you know Georgia Senate races." I love it. Yeah. If Absolutely. that's what being an American means right now, I, I'm fine with that. Uh, <laughs> get me a, an American flag shirt, <laughs> yep. bedspread, and uh, car wrap, please. And, and li <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if it has gritty on it, all the better. Absolutely. Love me some gritty. Gritty's always been an ally, though. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Well, before we get too far along, I need to ask you the question that we ask all of our guests, uh, which is uh, uh, just at the top of the show here. Would you be interested in joining a commune I'm starting in uh, our Brooklyn apartment building? Well, can I ask, can I answer that question with a question? Sure. That is often the case, by the way, when I pose this question. So, yes, go ahead. Um, because I 
have a commune. So are you allowed to be a citizen of two communes? Is it like dual citizenship? Uh, I would certainly allow it. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in exploring some mergers, some Venn diagramming uh, of, uh, of communes. Then I'm in. Okay, terrific. Terrific. Bethany? Yeah, also in then. Yeah, I've got... Ah! I, I was, before you even asked that question, Tawny, that was what I was thinking, because I've, you know, I've got a few. So, yes. I'm, but yeah. She's kind of in mine. <laughs> oh, this is the best call we've ever had. Terrific. <laughs> that, <laughs> I'll be honest, there's a lot of no's. So I'm glad we're... <laughs> We're all on the same page with this. That's great. And if you have any plumbing skills, that's terrific. We just had a big leak. But uh, just a nice reminder that sometimes living with people is gross. But uh, anyhow, this is great. We're all on board. Uh, I'd love to find out more about your commune. I do know, uh, uh, Tawny, uh, you do a fair amount of work uh, in and are a fan of the Star Trek universe. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yes. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm on Star Trek Lower Decks and I am a fan. Yes. And so uh, those spaceships are kind of like floating communes, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, someone had used the description of uh, the Enterprise D and Next Generation as a, a big floating, a big cruise ship in space. Um, and a cruise ship is a commune just with strangers. So, yeah, your your description tracks. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and either way, you want to look out for a virus. Yeah, true. Yep. True. Or you get a space virus or something, everybody goes nuts. Uh, and do you think, what do you think is the success of those kind of uh, situations, the Star Trek ones especially? Well, because a lot of utopias fail, and there's a utopian uh, part of that, isn't there? Yeah. Um, honestly, I think the the reason why the Star Trek utopia works is because it's militarized. <laughs> we don't like to talk about how Starfleet is kind of the cops, you know? <laughs> Yes. Well, I, I noticed something, too, in watching uh, Deep Space Nine, and maybe this is the key to their success, is that they used Pier 1 glassware at the bar uh, there with uh, Quark and the Ferengis. Because I know I was watching it one time, and I was holding the glass, and it was the same glass that they had oh, there. And today I, I thought, well, I, I want to look that up to make sure that my mind's not playing tricks on me, you know. And within mm -hmm. uh, three image searches, I found the vase that I also have... <laughs> Also purchased wow. from Pier One. So either good news, Pier One survives into the future, or somebody's smuggling that good stuff on board. I bet Quark had a, a crate of antiques, and they all happen to be from Pier One. <laughs> that's, that's right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's some point in history where everybody just unloads all of their Pier One stuff. Yep. And it's, yeah. Yep. There's a time for wicker, and there's a time not for wicker. <laughs> Pre-Dominion War, wicker heavy. <laughs> oh, I'd like to see a wicker captain's chair on one of these things. Oh, wouldn't we all just pretend like you're on Cape Cod in the fall? <laughs> just the noise. Like... <laughs> yeah. The squeaking and cracking of that thing as they go through space. Well, anyhow, uh, that, that's uh, wonderful. I do. I'm curious, though, if, if you're both on the same commune, how long have you been a part of this thing? Well, um, my husband and I moved out of Los Angeles and into the middle of nowhere um, almost two years ago. And then uh, we just started inviting people and saying, come on out and help us, you know, build something or it was usually chore centric. Um, Bethany came out for the first time that it was an artistically centric uh, commune experience. So Bethany and our um, guitar playing friend Patrick Martin came out and the four of us made this record. 
And that was the real commune experience. There were family dinners. There was um, telephone pole gathering. It's <laughs> so a lot of gathering of materials. Materials yeah. are very important. Oh, I see. I we see. stayed in a trailer that Tawny had mm-hmm. renovated, that Tawny and Nate had renovated. And uh, it was it was very, you know, wake up to the, the open air living. It was. Yes. Well, and good choice, Bethany, waiting for the chores to be over and <laughs> get in there on the artistic side. <laughs> That's a good sense. <laughs> I think I took a trip there earlier, like the year before when they'd first moved in, and I put together a telescope. And that was... You did do that. I, That's decent. Yeah, I I don't know why I brought that up. Like, I was proud of it. I'm sorry. You should be. We use that telescope. <laughs> All work is valued on the commune. <laughs> exactly. Some tasks are small. Well, you know this, Dale, better, better than any yes. of us. What are some of your favorite small tasks? Oh my gosh. Uh, oh, sometimes uh, the front door gets stuck open. So I have to put a little like grease in there and kind of jimmy sure. the thing, the little latch part of it. That's uh, often a, a nice thing to do. Uh, I'm often recalking. I find there's a lot of just steady maintenance that is required when there's this many people coming in and out. Um, sure. There's no shortage of it. And uh, people seem very resistant to my chore wheel. <laughs> so. Yeah. I seem to have there's it a lot of nails on those that you know what I mean. But uh, now, now, Bethany, I want to ask you this because, of course, you both are creatures of the theater and of the stage, and you know that world very well. But theater is also a very collaborative exercise, and a little bit like a commune too, isn't it? It can be absolutely. Uh, there are definitely productions that I've been a part of where you feel like you have to do a chore wheel along with it. <laughs> Uh, and, no, but absolutely very collaborative and uh, enriching in ways beyond just you know performance base. Uh, and yeah, I, that's where I met Tawny. In fact, was doing things like that, theater things in the theater. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, well, and uh, the great part about that too is that it kind of ends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, you get yeah. a little infant family that you can never see again, hopefully. <laughs> Not hopefully, but sometimes you never see those people again. Just a couple-month yeah. commune. Is yeah. That, uh, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. I'm, that probably makes sense. Like, I guess, question for both commune people, uh, owners on this call. Are you, <laughs> like, how long are you usually asking people to stay, Dale? Like, with your asks, I guess it's just like come by, see uh, how you vibe. Well, that's, or is it like that's we always need a... to fill this room and there are some duties? <laughs> well, I'll tell you, before the election, it seemed like it might be an even longer haul. Uh, uh, now that things have kind of broken the way that they have, I feel like oh, maybe there's some, maybe we can loosen things up a little bit. Uh, but and and also uh, rethinking the whole idea, quite honestly, because there's a lot of noise. There's a lot of everybody has dogs. Mm. There's a piano player. Everybody. There's uh, everybody has that. It wasn't that way before, but pandemic wow. hit, and uh, so there's a lot of noise. Is what I'm saying. And yeah, uh, sure. perhaps it's just nice to be. Maybe I just need to be cast in a regional theater production of something. You know, I just need to be around people. And now that I've been around people, I might be okay to be away from them for a little. <laughs> 
I need a team. project somewhere else now. It's I've got to go somewhere to do something. We can't just do everything in the home anymore. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, now uh, I want to talk. We talked a little bit about. Well, let me ask you this first. Uh, uh, how have you dealt with it? Because I just brought it up. How have you dealt with the isolation of this moment? I mean, obviously, being on a commune helps because you got some people around and you're always engaged in I don't know sweeping and uh, building telescopes. Uh, but but how, how do you how do you get through it? Um. Yeah, well, I've been pretty lucky out here because yeah, there's always a chore. There's always a big chore, or a little chore. Um. Yeah, and then we had a big, not to be a downer, but we had a big wildfire out here. Um, so now there's more chores because uh, we just built a gate and then literally days before the wildfire. <laughs> and then that's now gone. So we got to rebuild that gate. So, you know, there's always something to do. I didn't lose my mind until I went to Atlanta to work on a film. And uh, that was very isolating because we couldn't really leave the hotel unless we went to work. And I realized that my life on the commune, I'm not I'm not city folk anymore. So uh that was that was bad for my brain. But now I'm back and I'm okay. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> and Bethany? Uh well, we have a little bit of a commune here where I live. I'm in, I'm in Chicago in the Humboldt right. Park neighborhood and uh I live in like a garden apartment, first floor, second floor. We're all women. Um and we've got a huge yard. We planted a huge garden uh, that we'd just taken down this weekend. And we have so many tomatoes that nobody's going to eat. Uh, <laughs> but it's been, it's been lovely. And there's a dog and there's cats and it's, there's been people around. And I feel like I've, I'm definitely stir crazy a lot of the time and probably definitely making a lot of noise with my projects and whatnot for the people around me. <laughs> but, it's not noise, it's entertainment. When people make noise in the commune, but they're professionals, know. that's entertainment. That's right, that's sure, right. Sure, sure. But it's it's been comfortable, as comfortable as something like this could be. Yeah, yes. Well, uh, given all that, uh, and because we've talked a little bit of a about outer space, maybe we can talk about inner space and finding this time to make the music. It it's something that you both love so deeply. And Bethany, this is your second album of the year. Is that right? You had your solo album come out in August? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, I had been working on it about a year prior as well. And uh, it finally came together <laughs> right before this new project. Uh, it, yeah, it's called BT She Her. Uh, and it's a banger. Thank you. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. We yeah. tried to to really do it. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> we didn't have any time constraints or anything like that. And then by the end of like mixing time, everybody's all their work had been canceled. So it was like, all right, we're going to fine tune this to the the very second and so I feel good about what I put out just because if I didn't feel good about it it's only my fault <laughs> yeah uh, like, a, lot, a lot of time to think about it <laughs> yeah yeah no I'm glad you liked it but yes um and the great yeah. thing about having all these chores is there's so much time to listen to great music. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with that dustbuster going, I enjoy getting some music on, uh, uh, maybe to, uh, just having my uh, turtle tank on and running the vacuum and just really mm -hmm. getting it out there. Now, do you all remember when you each heard each other's voice? Oh. No. I kind 
to do. <laughs> but we met before we did the musical. I mean, right? Dale, you mean like when we first heard each other sing, right? That's right, singing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah. I might have said hi to <laughs> Yeah, not me behind you at a party like, is the keg tapped? <laughs> there was a lot of that in Chicago. Um, yeah, yes. As I said, I've no, been I, there. <laughs> I don't Very late, late nights in Chicago with a lot of old oh, yeah. style beer. Yeah, but go it's, ahead. Sorry. It's like, it's like because the bars are open until four and five on Saturdays, like you sometimes you just have to. It's like, well, they, they they're open. We have to do this. We, <laughs> we can't not do it. It would be rude. Right. Yeah. I feel like I kind of remember I we were doing a musical and we got to hear you sing. That's always a big deal when you're working with people that you hadn't worked with before and you do a read through or you're learning the music and it's like, okay, okay, what are we working with here? Yeah. Who is everybody? Right. Sizing them up, seeing who you admire, seeing who's maybe the competition is and that kind of thing. You know. Mm -hmm. I don't think I had heard Bethany, but the reputation of her voice had reached me before I met her. Like I knew I knew that there was a big, cool, very, um, you know, very varied. Is that the word I'm looking for? Flexible. What's the word I want? You do a lot of stuff. She does a lot of things. She can do a lot of things very well. Oh, thanks. <laughs> so yeah, I knew I knew what I was sizing up before. So probably the, when I actually heard it, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but and then how would did you get to the point where you know your voices are going to work so well together? Uh, we well in that show we sang together a bit, and I felt like we. We were able to blend well and kind of, uh, I just, I not guess each other's instincts or something like that, but I've, I've always felt like we've been able to feel each other out well, hopefully. And mm-hmm. shortly after that show, we started singing back up for a band together uh, and got very, very good at it. <laughs> yeah, we got very good at backing people up. Because um, I feel like the key to backup is if you come in, confidently and confidently together then the the band and the leads won't often give you a ton of direction that's not always true but i feel like any sort of hesitancy will lead to people kind of over directing you and i don't know about bethany but i absolutely despise being told what to do (laughs) so i think early on i realized like oh if i just make a choice really well and it goes along with what bethany's doing um no one's gonna tell me shit so that's what we started doing and we started backing up a bunch of people in chicago just all different types of bands so yeah we got good at blending for sure and uh, the idea to get together to make this album material flat uh it feels very uh, a powerful choice and almost a primal choice in the midst of so much that was happening as you said you had fires there you had fires maybe in chicago with the uh, unrest that was happening i mean it was a really it, 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 you can feel it that it was just a kind of Mm, this drive can you talk about that yeah i mean well bethany go ahead well it was it was like the drive literally it was like (laughs) i'm going to drive to your home i'm going to drive from chicago (laughs) to california because there won't be a better time you know when we're everything around us is kind of shut down uh all of the jobs we were supposed to do are not happening. 
stuff is crazy all around us. Uh, I guess now's the time. And we weren't really sure what this time would yield um, when we made the plan. But when I got there and we started, you know, attempting to work on some of the stuff that we'd talked about, it, it really started to snowball and turn into something that we could make an album out of. So yeah, uh, it, yeah, started with a drive and then started with the drive <laughs> and then the drive became our own drive to finish it. And we were you know, driven and uh, all right, I'll, <laughs> yes, and Tawny. <laughs> Uh, I was just going to say that every other studio album I've made with um, other bands has been, uh, there's been some sort of constraint, whether it was cost because studio time is expensive or whether it was time because studio time is expensive or because like we have, we only have four days. Like Bethany and I did an album with um, our friend John Langford down in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. That was great, but we literally had four five days four days to track and one to mix um and that is just a different way to work and that's how most bands have to work so the fact that we could do this here and it's not like we took a ton of time either but the only constraint was our abilities and that meant um we had to you know bethany's not a guitarist first but bethany had to write guitar parts to hand off to our guitarist to play i had to write drum parts to hand off to our drummer my husband nate and then like I had to engineer the thing. So that was like, there was a lot of YouTube and a lot of me calling friends about miking drums and stuff. But truly it was like, this This is costing $0. We're living communally. <laughs> we're making dinners together. We're doing chores. We're gathering materials. The only parameters, like the only constraints on this are our abilities. So I think that's where the oomph comes from is yeah. that. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. Like, uh, that's uh, how I won't work. Yeah. No, and what a. I mean, in a sense, if if we have to live through this moment, if you can find some way to do it. I mean, emotionally, that was the thing that has always been the question for me all summer long. Uh, how do you harness this frustration, uh, these these uh, deep feelings, the energy that's happening right now, and put that into a creative endeavor? It's been very tricky to figure that out. Yeah. Are there any chores around the commune that help you funnel some of that rage and uncertainty? Sometimes I'll take a pipe cleaner to the essential oils diffusers. And just really get in there because, you know, some stuff can accumulate. Yeah. You don't yeah. want to be breathing that in. So that, that's, no, that's, that's been okay. And, you know, we've had some shows and talked to some people and had some good conversations. And, uh, in fact, I think that the tone of these conversations have shifted in a way where it's, uh, people are very honest via this interface. <laughs> Not that they weren't honest before, but uh, I think we're all just to a point where, like, there's no, we're just there. We're, we're all right here. <laughs> together yeah. and we're just expressing things from a very real place <laughs> but do i still want to lie down and just be surrounded by crystals yes yes i do <laughs> who doesn't but sometimes there is the need to rock isn't there not just the rocks oh, yeah. the crystals i mean actual uh rocking i once was in a position uh, to receive a fax from lou reed which is a sentence that makes me very old. But it was uh, part of a collaboration he was involved with, somebody else, uh, and along with a lot of little notes that he had written on there, on all caps, he, he, he signed it, and then in all caps below that, he wrote the words, Also, I like to rock. <laughs> so, <laughs> which I think is a great way to sign any letter, any fax, <laughs> any document. That's perfect. Do you still yeah, have it? <laughs> 
I have a copy of it. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Because oh, it's such amazing. a perfect credo. And, and like, no matter what else is happening, I want you to know this thing better rock. Oh, I love that story. Yeah. I want a fax like... from Lou Reed. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You can take it. You can use that and, and apply it. Type it out somewhere. Put it up. Um, but do you... It, <laughs> And clearly, I want to get into some of the rock aspects of what you're doing, uh, which is why I brought that up. But do you view collaboration as a kind of self-care? I feel like yeah. this one certainly was. Uh, yeah. Um, some collaborations are decidedly not self-care, but... Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, some absolutely are. This This one absolutely was, yeah. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the thing that I was uh, getting at with the rock business is, and because you both have such a history of performing and being in so many bar shows and doing so many venues all across the uh, across the world, there, there's something very uh, theatrical in the, in the songs. There's this real sense that these are are to be performed live. They almost feel that way. Uh, the the ones. Um, uh, you're you're still up, uh, Juneteenth, twenty twenty. There's this space that you leave for the audience to kind of fill in a give and take that I don't hear on very many albums. I thought that was uh, uh, something that struck me with this. Oh, that's interesting. I would chalk that up to the feeling out here, recording out here. There's no um, I have no neighbors. There's no noise issues. We weren't trying to record the drums in the daytime to not piss people off, like. We can make as loud noises as we can make at all hours. So there was a lot of spaciousness. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the albums that have been made this year, as we'll start, we're starting to hear some of them and then we'll hear more and more from artists. They're working with their parameters. You know, so many amazing like Brooklyn artists and Chicago artists are making music in their bedrooms and that creates a different intimacy and a different sound. We made, uh, you know, the biggest, loudest album <laughs> that I wanted to make um, because we could. We had the space to do it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Catch me next year when I'm trapped in another Atlanta hotel and I'm just going to put out like bedroom pop beats <laughs> on my little synthesizer or something. But um, yeah, I think that's where that space comes from. And how long have you been performing together? Um, I guess since 07. So, yeah. yeah. In all types of places, any strange places you've been? Uh, all types of places, yeah. Uh, I there is a fun show that I think about all the time, where we were in a very old church that like didn't even have like restroom facilities in it in Larne, Wales, for a Dylan Thomas book festival. <laughs> Yep, that would be the place to do it. It's a fantastic festival full of kind of swingery energy. It's very odd. <laughs> Everybody was very friendly. Uh, but it was, we have one song that usually by the end of it, we're all just kind of like, fuck all. And in uh, uh, that one, we're standing on this little like makeshift stage in front of all of these pews in this church. And uh, John Langford uh, just decided, no, we're just gonna, we're gonna climb. We're gonna keep walking forward. And we all just kind of left our microphones and climbed over these pews and just kind of screamed at the end of the song. 
like screaming about the devil and stuff. And I thought <laughs> it was great. I thought it was it super great. rock and roll. <laughs> and like, I, it was a night, it was a thing that happened that I could have never in all of my years imagined even a version of happening. <laughs> and there we were. <laughs> you know, when Bethany first reminded me of this show, because that was maybe two years ago in the fall, um, and she brought it up earlier this year, and I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that church show. Then I started thinking about all the shows where we've decided to climb on things, and there's a lot. It's one of the yeah. coolest shows that we got to do, we got to open for um, Robert Plant and his band at the uh, at the Pritzker Shell in Chicago. Pavilion. And that, what is it called? Pritzker. The Pritzker Pavilion. You know why that messes me up is because when I moved from Chicago to Los Angeles, all the Dominics out here, they're pavilions. So <laughs> the word pavilion to me means grocery store. And when I hear sure. it in other contexts, I'm like, why are you going to the grocery store? But of course, it, the word existed before the store. Um, <laughs> but we climbed all over the monitors and the amps and stuff that were set up for Robert Plant. They were not ours. We were just kind of, you know how when the opening band gets to play, like the main band sets up all their stuff, takes up the whole stage. And then the opening band gets six feet to stand in front of their stuff. And so yes. we were like, well, we can't, you know, we don't have a lot of space, but we got to run around and scream. So we did, we climbed all over his things. And I don't know if his tour manager, Ollie, appreciated that. Um, he gently tolerated me for the rest of the night, I think. I feel like our, all of us were being gently tolerated. <laughs> Sometimes I tried that's to call, enough. I tried to call Robert Plant dad because we were performing on Father's Day. He didn't. He either didn't get it or he didn't like it. I choose to believe the former. Yeah, he didn't get it. That's all right. Just went by him. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the first thing, probably. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'm I'm glad you brought up Wales, though, too. I mean, because one of my fondest memories was uh, going to uh, Aberystwyth, spelled exactly as it sounds, uh, and uh, right there on the Irish Sea, under the ruins of an old castle, they had hollowed out uh, a section there, and there was a senior chorus of uh, elderly people that would uh, get together and sing these uh, Welsh songs out over the waves and just this beautiful moment. It's a profoundly weird place. It's very weird. I instantly fell for it. And folks in the rest of Great Britain, when we were, continued our tour, we'd say like, oh, we just loved Wales. They would make fun of us because <laughs> I don't know. I guess English people look down on Wales. Or, I, I love it there. It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. weird. Yeah, it it's really very is. weird. Yes. <laughs> you get outside <laughs> the cities and yeesh. Wow. <laughs> Stepping back in time, that kind of thing. Uh, but uh, speaking of which, the, the album does have a nice uh, blend between the kind of uh, urban grittiness and the desert and that great space. So it's a, a beautiful blending. Oh, thanks. That's our two, when our powers combine, yes. earth, wind, water, yeah. you know? <laughs> and uh, Bubbly is a personal fave of mine. I really thought it's like a real Donna Summer anthem that gets me going. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, uh, do you have anything you want to say about it, Tony? I, I don't know. Oh, this just that. I mean, it's easy for us to kind of play like genre roulette and do a million different things. And I really tried to take, I tried to honor those instincts, but in the, in the mixing of it, which we did with our good friend, Packy Lentholm in Chicago, the mixing, I really tried to ask for a more stripped down, uh, approach so that we'd have some kind of 
punky cohesiveness. Like, I, I know it seems weird to have a Donna Summer track on like kind of a rock album, but in my mind, they they work in the same vein of like, you know, the way that we'd all listen to like ESG or like the au pairs or something like they could have bouncy bass lines and yeah, I don't know. That that's how I justify it in my head. But there are some people who are like, "Wow, this takes a lot of left turns." I'm like, "You're not wrong." <laughs> well, I think if you're just sitting in a hammock uh, beneath the stars out there <laughs> in the desert, it all makes sense. It's all together, all, Most all of one. Do. And uh, it's so great. Uh, just uh, I hope you're able to, and I, I'm sure you do, honor this friendship where you can call somebody up and say, "Hey." now's the time and you drive and you and you make something it's a very powerful thing and a terrific friendship oh thank you yeah thank you Absolutely. what do you want to come out and make oh my goodness <laughs> i have to think about it i mean of course i think god's eye with some yarn and some sticks number one but uh uh i, I bet some things okay. will be revealed to me <laughs> sitting we around don't have the fire. any. Uh, we don't have any God's eyes around here, so you could. Yeah, we could use some of those. All right, let's make a big one. <laughs> how big are we talking? Like a big helicopter pad? <laughs> <It's> telephone poles. <laughs> yeah, oh, you yeah. said you had some of those. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I'll bring some yarn. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> a lot of yarn. <laughs> oh my gosh well i'd love to come out it would be terrific i love uh, joshua tree and palm springs and all that so i'd love to see uh, even more of that area is that where it is no good and okay. i won't tell you because everyone's <laughs> terrifying <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no 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 you don't have to uh, uh but uh desert life uh, that's what i was referring to with that then sure sure well yeah. uh, where's your yeah. where's your commune brooklyn right Yes, it's just, I mean, we have the whole block now that this place is emptied out, so. You're like Barry Gordy. Pick a brownstone. <laughs> yeah. That's how Motown started. They just bought up all the houses on the street. Have you thought about starting a record label and uh, not paying your artists? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, that that Motown museum that's there in like Barry, uh, his house, I think. That was the That was the first house on the block that they bought, yeah. and then they bought up all the other ones. It's not very well run. I don't want to get into trouble here, but but uh, you know you go there and you think, well, I'm going to go to the to the to the house and see it. This is a fun thing to do. Uh, I'm in Detroit, and you go to the house. And you, well, we have tours that are at four thirty, and then tomorrow again at uh, two in the uh, yeah. morning. And <laughs> the only two times you can go, and it's like thirty five bucks or something. It's not that big of a place. It, it right. seems like we should be able to accommodate more people going through there, and it's just all in the gift shop. Well, I will tell you, they are funneling you to the gift shop for sure. I will tell you, though, I've done that tour five times. Yeah, is it <laughs> I, good? I love it because it hits the sweet spots for me. The tour is 55 minutes long, first of all, unless they've changed things. I haven't gone since 2017. <laughs> but it's 55 minutes long, and it's usually a really sweet older black woman leading you through and pointing things out like, Diana Ross used to sit right there. Hey, everybody, let's sing baby, you know, and then you like sing along. There's like she shows you acoustical things. There's so much singing and clapping. I really love it. But I understand if you want to wander around in a perusal type museum, that's not it's not for you. I just wanted to see it, and I don't think it rewards the casual visitor. Like, you can't be no. like, I'm on the way to the airport. Mm -hmm. Let me stop in. You have to make some time. Now, that's on me. That's on me. I'll, I'll hey, but they that. don't advertise very well. I'll tell you, the <laughs> no, first time no. I went, I was surprised as well. 
Okay. All right. All right. But I'm glad to know it's an actual good tour if you can get in. And if uh, folks are listening, uh, just plan in advance. That's all. Just plan in there advance. There you go. We just did a service here. We just helped a lot of people know what to expect. <laughs> you helped me out. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It's all really good information, and I feel prepared to go now. Well, Bethany, that's... you know what it is? It's basically like what we did. in So in 2016, when we went to Muscle Shoals, we kind of got like the locals only tour from all the like, uh, you know, the like local famous studios. We were recording in one studio called the Nut House. And then because we were linked up with all these local musicians, we got like a late night tour of fame. We drove to Memphis. We got to see uh, Bethany. You went to Sun, right? Uh I think it was like, oh, we couldn't go right then because there wasn't a tour that oh, was right. scheduled right then. But we went to Ardent. Yeah. And we got that Sam Phillips. Yeah. And Sam Phillips doesn't even do tours. And that place was like so wildly cool because it only, you can usually only get in there if you have booked them and you're recording there. And there were so many like treasures. Like there were those big steel plates that the engineers showed us that had just been mm-hmm. there since the 60s. Like who knows what's on that stuff? I nerd out yeah. about things like that. They have real echo chambers. There's no more real echo chambers, like hardly anywhere. So that was cool. That place was insane. Yeah. Well, I've got to add that to the list of places to check out. <laughs> yeah. Just like drive, drive all around the country and look at all these old weird studios is what I'm telling you to do, I guess. No, for sure. Well, any of these, just, you know, I've been to many, many states in this country and every place you go, there's some unique thing that you can go and spend a little bit of time, whether it's weird Victorian toys or music boxes or (laughs) recording studios. There's wonderful things out there. And gosh, and, you know, in this, it's probably a good moment to do that because they're not that packed. (laughs) You're probably going to be the only person there. Uh, It's good to go around and do. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Something to get out of the house and do. For sure. Well, so a lot of good services being provided. And uh, the album is uh, Material Flats, and it's out now everywhere. You can stream it. You buy it on Bandcamp. Is that the best thing to do? Yeah. We think that's the best way to get money directly into the band's hands as opposed to to Apple. Um, So, yeah, you can just go to tawnyandbethany.com. That's our Bandcamp. That's where to get it. We have vinyl. We still have some vinyl left. So, yeah. yeah. Is it, and I forgot to ask, what was the musical that you were both doing that you were together in the first time? Cy Coleman's The Life. Oh, I don't know that one. But I'm going to look it up. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> we, we were the leads. Yeah. Look up that performance from 2007. <laughs> Okay. Storefront theater, the theater building in Chicago. Is that what it was called at the time? Yeah, that yeah. is. <laughs> there we go. Okay. Again, something to do this afternoon. The life, the theater building. That's just look it up. That's <laughs> I will do that. Then I hope others do too. I hope you're able to, you're going to, you're going to tour 2021. Going to get out to some places. I would love to. I'd love to do some backyard shows. I know Chicago yeah. seems to be really killing it with like, Bethany just sent me a video the other night of our friend's band, Mach 9 band, young Tommy Langford's band. Yeah. This is our friend, John Langford's son, who I've watched grow up literally. And now he's got a really cool band. But yeah, I feel like you guys are, you're, you're killing it with the outdoor rock shows. There have been some things that I've gone to where I felt safe. 
enough to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm sure that they'll, you know, this come when it gets warm again here. That's yeah, that's the thing. It's like we gotta wait seven months now for it to be outside weather again. Uh, but mm-hmm. I think next summer is gonna be cool in new ways for everyone. Yes, let's let's hope that. Let's hope for a jubilation. That's a <laughs> a great uh, celebration of being together and outside and among everyone Something. again. Yes. Like the next mm-hmm. the next step at least toward that I think is will be at and it'll be good. Absolutely. Well, this has been terrific. Thank you both for joining me. Uh, I wish you continued success with all these many things that you're doing. And uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on them. And uh, this has been great. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having us. That's super fun. Oh, great fun. My thanks to Tawny and Bethany for joining me and being so enthusiastic about uh, becoming part of our experimental lifestyle here. I can't wait to go out to the desert. Oh, now you can purchase Material Flats, uh, the album on Bandcamp, if you go to tawnyandbethany.bandcamp.com. And because we mentioned that bouncy number bubbly, Let's give a listen to that now. And then we'll come back on the other side and say a few uh, goodbyes. But this is Bubbly from Material Flats. Hand me that cold can of bubbly, sweetheart. Run in, pick me out something, bubbly darling.
I mean, how can you not be absolutely filled with joy after uh, that song? A lot of smiles this week on the show, and friendship, isn't it something? I so admire Tawny and Bethany and all they do. I hope that we can all find people like that, willing to jump into some creative project, regardless of how many chores are required. <laughs> a, a testament uh, to all of us these past few months, finding ways to push through so much despair and darkness to find that light. But it is on its way. I just know it. Now, special thanks to Lynette, who works uh, with Bethany and Tawny. She helped set this up, and it was so terrific. I always appreciate a fast email. Now, uh, that'll do it for us this week. Thank you for all the uh, uh, subscribers out there that are on the Apple Podcasts and all the reviews. We welcome them. And uh, also to the folks subscribing on YouTube. Huh, thank you. So much fun up there. And uh, hardly ever updated, so just classic uh, content from the deep night. Okay, well, till next week, remember, and I mean it, that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is produced and performed by James Bewley. Season theme song by Mariam Cadus of Space Moth. Season podcast icon by Philippa Beleza. Incidental music heard throughout the program by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Remember to rate and review the program on Apple Podcasts or tune in and stream the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, Pandora, or Stitcher, wherever you find fine audio content. To see any of our live shows or other short videos, visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio, and follow us on Instagram at Seaver is the handle. Thanks again for listening, and remember this season to keep your portals open and at a safe distance.